0: Faith promise. Happy Blessed New Year. You guys ready for God to move in 2019? Come on. In the name of Jesus, this will be the greatest year that we have ever experienced as a congregation. It's going to be your greatest year without a doubt. Together, we are going to follow the filling of the Holy Spirit like never before. Sort of, amen. Come on, somebody. Our, our call to arms this year, every year we sort of have a call to arms. This year it's going to be where the Spirit leads, you will respond with, I will follow. Where the Spirit leads, I will where the Spirit leads, I will follow. come on, one more time, where the Spirit leads. Amen. It is going to be incredible. If you have not picked up uh, your book for the for January for this year, uh, we've got 5,000 more. We ran out last weekend. We've given out 10,000, and uh, so we got 5,000 more this week. There at every campus. Our theme is follow the filling. Want to challenge you. If you're just getting yours, jump in on the Bible reading plan. It's in the back. Uh, our passage we're going to deal with today. We've already read this week in a Bible reading plan. Uh, we're also beginning, uh, well, there's, there's a 31-day devotion. It's incredible. And it is, it's, it is many of our staff participated this year. I worked through this stuff months ago, and I literally forgot how good it was. It's been incredible every day. So fill in the blank. spend time with the Lord, use that. We're gonna be reading the same passage. We're gonna be asking God for the same things We are gonna begin Monday morning, 21 days of fasting and prayer. You say, I've never fasted in my life. Well, praise God, it'll be your first time. It's gonna be incredible. You say, I can't fast. You can. Now, There are a few of you have medical conditions and you gotta take medicine, but most of us, come on, somebody can fast. Fast a meal, fast a day, do a three-day fast, seven-day fast, do a Daniel fast, do however you want to, but read Isaiah 58. And during the time of your normal meal, pray. Do not use the fast as a way to lose weight and do not use the fast to work more. Well, I'm I'm not eating lunch. I could just work through lunch. Matter of fact, read Isaiah 58. God is very unpleased with that. Actually, he's incredibly displeased with that. Is that the kind of fast I've called you to? He asked the Israelites so that you can work more No, So do that. If you've not done your personal growth plan in the back, it's back there, Uh, it's it's, it's near the end. And let's just believe together. Every day during this 21 days of fasting, pray, ask God to fill you. If you've begun the book, you know, after you read the devotion and the daily faith declaration, it's different every day, we come to the first thing, just you and God, and it's always surrender and submit. Spend time asking God to fill you. Follow the filling. It's just commanded. So as you pray in these 21 days, pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for every promiser. I've been praying for weeks for over 10,000 spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-baptized, absolute, sovereign, supernatural experiences that we will all have at every campus with the Holy Spirit. So don't just pray for you. Pray for everybody, all right? Just pray for whenever you pray, morning, noon, or night, the middle of night, whenever you really connect with God, just intercede for every campus for God to do a work. Our theme verse, as you've already heard in our worship, which was incredible, is Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? I'm so glad you asked. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now listen, when you hear preach the gospel, you think about what I'm doing. That is not what it means. Preach the gospel means just proclaim the good news. One-on-one, in a small group, in a classroom, in wherever. It doesn't mean you got to stand up in a crowd and hold a Bible. And No, that's not what it means. Preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Now, I've been meditating for weeks on this passage, just Every day, just reading through it, memorizing, meditating, cogitating on it. And it dawned on me, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me this week and said, Chris, this is the reason that so many people that attend this church don't give, don't serve. They're not in small group. They haven't begun to follow the filling book. They haven't developed a personal growth plan. Why? I'm gonna tell you why. Because you are still in one of these categories. Maybe you haven't given your heart to Jesus yet. Or maybe you are, you are a captive, captive by your past, captive by sin, captive by, by a stronghold. You are captive, and because of that, you simply can't rise up and be used of God. Maybe you, maybe you are blinded. This, the, the, in the Greek, blind means to be blind spiritually or physically. And you are blinded to the power of God that wants to flow through. You're blinded to the power of the filling of the Holy Spirit. You're blinded to the power of God in you. And because you believe lies, you will never achieve all that God wants you to. Does this make sense? See, this is why we're following the filling, so that God will launch you beyond where you are to a whole nother level. Some people, you know, some people are oppressed. Oppressed with our past, oppressed with things. So, well, I can't serve and I couldn't be anything. I got this oppression on me. I got this, I got all this stuff. And God wants to set you free. And He wants us to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And that's why I said it's gonna be the most incredible year in the ministry of faith promise. Why? Because this is the favorable year of the Lord. It's done. 2018 is gone. Chapter, I mean, it's in file 13. It could have been your best year. It could have been your worst year. It doesn't matter. It's gone. It's time for some new manna in Jesus' name. It's time for some fresh oil and some new wine. It's time for new experiences and new vision and new dreams. <laughs> so Jesus, if you follow the process in Luke chapter 4, Jesus is baptized. Then he is led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days. We're only doing 21. 40 days and 40 nights. Then he encounters the devil and he is tempted. And then then he then he is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit, went straight to the synagogue. By the way, listen, as was his custom, Jesus went to worship every week. Are you with me? He, as was his custom, he opens up the scroll to Isaiah and reads Luke chapter four, verse 18 and 19, which is a quotation or a passage out of the prophet Isaiah. So Jesus moves from the greatest battle of his earthly life into the greatest power in his earthly life. Can it get can it take some? If you're listening, say I am. I am. The power is still present. Power hadn't changed. Power is still here. But the power is here for the same reason it was here when Jesus was here, when Isaiah was here. Why? Preach the gospel to the poor, proclaim the leash to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those that are oppressed, and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That's why we have that anointing. That's why we follow the filling. It's, it's not a toy. It is a tool. It is the third person of, of God who wants to invade our lives. Are you with me? And take control of all that we are. That's what he wants to do. And my question for you this year, and I'm going to come back around and come back around and come back around and come back around. It's going to come back until you get tired of hearing it. And my question is this. Will you be conformed by the world or transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit? Romans 12, 1. See, to be conformed to this world means to be stamped out in a press. in, in our mint in the treasury they take a glob of copper, they put it on a press, it is pressed down, and when they pull it up, it's turned into a penny. It didn't look like a penny, but because of the heat and the pressure of the press, it changes the appearance. The world, listen, never stops pressing us. Are you with me? And so God says, do not be conformed. Don't be pressed into the mold of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by following the filling. Does that make sense? So you gotta make a choice. Am I gonna let the world make me into its image or am I gonna let the spirit of God make me into God's image? I don't know about you, but I'm choosing God over the world every single time. Is anybody with me? And so, I got some great news for you. Yesterday, riddled it in last night. And today really is a brand new day. This really is a brand new year. And God has got incredible plans. Plans, for, plans. plans to give you a future and a hope. God's got incredible things. That's why I believe that this is gonna be the best year yet. Anybody with me? Anybody be calling every campus. Come on, God-buying bars. Come on, Farragut. Blunt, every campus. I'm looking for incredible things. So what I wanted to do this weekend, I've been so fired up about this message. I did something like it probably 12 to 15 years ago. There's an image that I use in my time with God. There's a picture that is painted for us in the first chapters of Genesis that helps me understand. It's, so I'm going to give it to you because for decades it has helped me follow the feeling. It's in Genesis chapter eight and we find the story of God's wrath wrapped up with God's grace. Because God's wrath is fierce, are you with me? And God's grace is scandalous. So we find the story in Genesis chapter eight. Even if you did not grow up in church, you've heard this story. You've heard it in preschool. It is Noah and the ark. Remember that one? God looks down, very displeased with mankind. He said, his heart is evil intent always, always bent on evil. Therefore, I'm going to destroy the world and start over. He goes to Noah. Noah, preacher of righteousness, a man that loved God, a man that walked with God. said, Noah, listen, I'm going to destroy the world, but before I do, I'm going to make a way of escape. I want you to build a boat, a big honking boat. It 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 would be beyond a yacht. It'd be a small ship. Once you build a ship, we're going to call it an ark. This is what you're going to build it out of. This is how you're going to build it. This is the dimensions. And I'm going to bring to you two of every kind of animal. And you're going to put food on the ark, and I'm going to flood the earth. Anybody who wants to get on can go on, and then I'm going to restart. So for over 100 years, Noah builds an ark. Laughing stock, it has never rained. Noah's building the ark, building the ark, building the ark, And, and doing all this stuff. Now, one of the things I love about God is God gives us some details but not all. So when God gives us a detail, it matters. Does that make sense? So when God's telling us a story and then He adds a detail, you say, "Oh, oh, oh, I got it." So He gives Noah the dimensions, the size. It's like this big square. I don't even know how it floated, but He's got this deal. Then He says, "Noah, I want you to put one window in the ark, but I want the window to look up." Now, if I'm gonna fly or drive something, I'd really rather a window that looks out. Are you with me? Out, not up. I believe this indicates to us, listen, that our revelation is from above, not from around. See, when I tell you it's gonna be an incredible, it's gonna be an incredible year, it's about the revelation from above. It's not about the circumstances that are around because this has been the worst first week of a year in my entire life. You never hear me say it's bad. Somebody said, how was your vacation? I said, it was awful. It It was horrendous because earlier in this week, my assistant Gloria's daughter was killed in an automobile accident. And we find out about it. And obviously we can't, Gloria is part of our family. So we get home and we're ministering to them. Then I get a call from my brother. Hey, mom just had a stroke. We're taking her to the emergency room. So it's been a really crummy week. Listen, the revelation is not from the circumstances that are around me. And let me tell you, I've cried more this week than I have my whole life put together. I just don't cry much. Just I spend all morning working on a funeral message, and I'd write, and I'd cry, and I'd write, and I'd cry. But my joy is not dictated by what I see around me. My joy is dictated by what I see when I look out of the ark at the window that looks up and not around. So you say, Chris, how can it be a good year? You don't understand, life sucks right now. Because we have a God who's able. We have a God who's able. So Noah gets on the boat, seven days later, or he gets on the boat, all the animals, puts all the food, God closes the door. Another detail we'll come back to, God closes the door. Seven days later, the, the fountains of the deep burst up, the rain comes out, it had not rained, it had never rained, it had only come from and it rains and it begins to flood. Now all those people that mock Noah are pounding on the ark, begging to get in. And Noah on his own would have let him in, but Noah couldn't open the door because Noah didn't close it, God did. And can I tell you, there'll be a last gospel presentation, there'll be a last opportunity, and then the door of grace will close and the wrath of God will fall. Because that's exactly what he did in Genesis chapter eight. It's what God always does. So now it's been five months, they're they're just floating, they don't know where they are, they can't see, they don't know what's going on. So Noah opens up the only window and lets out a raven. Try to figure out what's going on out there. Now there's no place to land, but, but the raven, because it's a scavenger, it lands on the bloated bodies of the people that had fallen under the judgment of God. Because this, the raven is a scavenger bird, it's just eating that dead flesh because that's what, that's, what the, that's what a scavenger does. So we who are born again, we, listen, we should dine on something different than the world dines on. Beware of being entertained by the world, being lulled to sleep by the world, evil eon, beware. Beware of being conformed into the world instead of being transformed. So the raven doesn't come back. What we have to do, by the way, church, is train ourselves for our senses to know what we're eating. It says in Hebrews chapter five, concerning him, Jesus, we have much to say. And it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant, but solid food is for the mature who, look, if you listen to Sam, who because of practice, Spiritual growth plan, having a word, spending time with God every day, in the word every day, Bible reading plan, because of practice, have, tra- have their senses trained to discern good and evil. The raven didn't care what it ate. We who are born of God should be different. We are not conformed to dine on this world, but we are transformed to walk following the filling so Noah waits a week and he sends out a dove. It says in, in Genesis chapter eight, eight and nine. Then he sent out a dove for him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land, but the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. So she returned to him into the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. See, the, the dove didn't land because there was no place clean for the dove to land. Are you with me? Because the dove wouldn't go where the raven went. And the dove represents the Holy Spirit. Always through the scripture, the dove represents the Holy Spirit. And we are warned not to grieve the Holy Spirit, not to land on that which is unclean. Does that make sense? He goes on in verses 10 through 12. So he waited yet another seven days. Again, he sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward the evening, and behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf, so no one knew that the water was abated from the earth. What does the olive branch in the Bible represent? Peace. It represents Jesus. We still use the term, offer an olive branch. Thousands of years later, we still, that's where that term comes from. That Jesus would come, symbolizing the prince of peace. A few days later, he lets the dove out. The dove doesn't return. Why? Because the water has receded, and there's a clean place for the dove to go. Raven, scavenger, dove, Holy Spirit, purity. And the dove flies off from the ark, and we do not hear about that dove for thousands of years until one hot Judean day, this radical Old Testament prophet named John, who is wearing camel hair and eats bugs, is baptizing and everybody is going to John to be baptized in the Jordan. And John looks up coming down the hill and he says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus walks in the water and said, John, I want you to baptize me. And John said, don't think so. Don't think so. I'm not even worthy to bend down and untie your sandal. I have need to be baptized. Of you not doing it, Jesus said, "Go ahead, John. All righteousness has to be fulfilled." And so John says, "All right." John baptizes Jesus when he comes up out of the water. The heavens open up, and they hear voice of God saying, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." And about that time, the dove who has been gone comes back and lands as the Holy Spirit on Jesus. Where has the dove been looking for a clean place to land? What did the dove find when Jesus came out of that water? But a clean place to land. Woo! Now don't mistake, Jesus was clean before. Jesus did not need to be baptized. He just fulfilled all outward forms of righteousness. But let me ask you a question. What might be hindering grieving the Holy Spirit in your life from landing and lording, L-O-R-D-I-N-G, lording over you. Because the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, He is to have control. Are you with me? See, we all understand what it looks like, how people act if they're demon-possessed, but few of us understand what it looks like for a believer to be fully possessed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. It should be normal for us, shouldn't it, church? Shouldn't, there's no question. So is your heart a clean place for the dove to nest? In Genesis 1, it said, the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep, and I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over this worship experience at every campus, God behind bars, all North Knoxville, Ferry, every single campus. He is hovering and he is looking for a surrendered life. In day one, Jeff Cochran, our student pastor of the Pellissippi Campus said this, a surrendered life is a supernatural life. I was arrested day one when I read that. I said, oh my mercy, I surrender. Holy Spirit, control me. Have your way, have your will. My emotions, my thoughts, my actions, my deeds, my words, everything. I yield up control, are you with me? See, Ephesians 4.30 says this, and it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Folks, the Holy Spirit is in us, came upon us when we got saved. And listen, we have got to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? See, now, if, you're, if you are not a Christ follower, then follow the filling is not for you. That's not your first step. If you're not yet Put, put your faith in Jesus and begun following him, then your first step is salvation. And salvation today is the ark of Genesis chapter eight. See, the ark was the place where it was safe when the judgment of God was going to fall. The judgment of God will fall again on this planet. And the only safe place to be is in the gospel. That's why I said, he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those that are oppressed and proclaim a favorable year." Of the Lord. The ark, the gospel that we get into by faith. Jesus opened the door on on Good Friday when he gave his life on a cross on Easter Sunday morning when he came out of that grave and said, Come unto me, all that are labored and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come and drink of me, for I'll give you water freely. Drink of the water of life without cost. It will bubble up within you to a spring of eternal life, the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. I want to drink, a long drink of that. Are y'all with me? So, the first step is saying, I know I've sinned, I know I've broke your law, forgive me, and we enter into a relationship. So at all of our campuses, message is not done, everybody just stay where you are. But if you're ready to begin a walk with Jesus, then we're gonna pray a simple confessional prayer together and you're just gonna repent and turn away from your old life to a new life. So if you're ready, every head bowed all of our campuses, We're gonna pray this prayer with you out loud. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, we're separated, forgive me. Come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. You died for me, you rose from the grave. Now I will follow you, I will live for you. Help me follow the feeling. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Come on, somebody. People gave their heart to Jesus. Man, it is exciting. Now, if you're a Christ follower, your next step is submission and surrender. Ephesians 5.18 says this, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That is a present. Filled is a present Passive, continuous verb. Keep being filled. Because I don't know about you, but I leak. I leak because there's a press always trying to form mold, press me into the image of the world. Are y'all with me? Have y'all felt that? And that constant press is a pressure, it's a temptation, it's a thief and a robber, and it tries to steal my joy and victory. And so every day and I get up and I spend time with the master, I say, oh God, would you fill me today with all, take control of my mouth and my mind and my emotions and my eye, everything I surrender, because a surrendered life is a supernatural life. Let's... Do not lift up a dirty vessel and ask God to fill it with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? See, ravens fill dirty vessels. The Spirit of God fills clean vessels. So as you'll notice in our our book, the first step when you get through the devotion part and the declaration, step one is Ask God to search you, Psalms 139, search me and know me and try me and see if there be any hurtful way in me. Then we, when we first John in and we confess and we forsake our sin and he's faithful just to, to cleanse us and forgive us of all unrighteousness. Now we get clean, then we stop and say, I surrender, would you just fill me with the Holy Spirit? Are you with me? Then you ask, the more you surrender, the more victory you get. The more you give up, the more God fills. The more you're filled with the flesh, the less God can fill you with his Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, he says in Romans 8, 8, those that walk in the flesh do, those that walk in the flesh cannot please God. You can walk in the spirit or you can walk in the flesh. In the flesh, we won't do the deeds of the flesh, they can't please God. In the spirit, see the spirit of the flesh are in opposition to each other. I promise you this, if you'll take this faith journey with us for this year, You'll get in, follow the filling. You'll spend time with God every day. You'll walk through the 21 days of fasting and prayer with us. You'll be faithful on the weekends. Man, you will see God. This will be the most incredible year of God's presence in your life than you have ever experienced. And can I tell you, it's too late when all hell breaks loose. you got to sow so that you can reap. Are you with me? Because Jesus said in this world, we're gonna have tribulation. And so we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? Now, Promisers, are we gonna let the next generation slip through the cracks? Excuse me? Yeah. Then we have an incredible opportunity. You heard Pastor Jeff talk about its fusion. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's where students are gonna walk, they're gonna to learn to be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, here's what we think. My kids gotta go to school, make good grades, go to college, make good grades, get a good job. Listen, if they die and go to hell, what does that matter? See, the number one thing we wanna help our students do is walk and follow the filling. So I wanna challenge you, get them to Fusion. You say, Pastor, I'd love to, but man, we simply don't have the money. Faith promised. do we ever let money stop anybody from doing anything here? Excuse me, every campus. So listen, what some of you can do, you don't have students going, maybe your kids are older, maybe they're younger. At every campus, there's a sign-up place in the four-year for Fusion. Just go out there and say, hey, I'd like, like to scholarship a kid. i like to scholarship a student. I'd be glad to do that. I wanna be a part of a student having an experience where they can follow the filling. So register. If you've got students and they say, but they don't wanna go. Well, on Monday morning, well, they don't wanna go to school. Do you say okay? Can you imagine my kids saying, Dad, we don't want to go to student camp. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead and stay home. Does that You think that's what I told them? Better go pack. You better like it. Or you better be saved because I'm going to send you to see Jesus, so you best be saved. <laughs> Are you with me? Do they live in your house? I don't know anybody. Go with them. Come on. Man, we got we to gotta do it. We're gonna, I, man, we gotta be feel like never before. I think revival's gonna break out, and I think revival's gonna break out because individually, we're gonna experience God like never before, and they're gonna bring all those experiences to all of our campuses of excitement and anticipation, and God's gonna light this place up, and we're gonna have revival, and it's gonna spread. It's gonna be incredible. But let me tell somebody, have you heard me say this before? Your past is not a prison cell, but it is a launching pad into God's preferred future. So, get on with us. You say, I'm just not sure. Well, how about doing a, a spiritual experiment? Just do it with us for, for, for the month of January. Do the devotion, get in there, ask God. Come on, you give God an opportunity. Because 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. King James just says, crack pots. We're a bunch of crackpots, but man, we got, we're full of something that's incredible, which is the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit leads. Where the Spirit leads. God, we ask to fire the white hot volcanic fire of heaven to land on every campus. We pray for every marriage and every group and every ministry. We pray for fusion and the students and the preschool and the kids' ministry. We pray, God, that you would light us up. We pray, Father, that you would fill us to a level that we did not know was possible, that you would fill us to overflowing till you have control. And we've got to say, stop, God. We can't take any more. Flood us with the Holy Spirit. Baptize us fresh and anew. Immerse us. Transform us. We refuse to be conformed to this world but we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind we believe it and we receive it and in Jesus name we shout it come on somebody at every campus give God some praise <laughs> Woo! I'm excited he said pastor you said it's the worst week you've ever had it ha- but God's still on the throne isn't he isn't he Jenna's dancing with Jesus. Yes. Jenna Petrowski started the dance ministry at Faith Promise Church. The first one ever danced on a platform at Faith Promise. And her number one concern was all the other dancers would know who they were worshiping. Come on. And we serve a God who's able. Come on. Does that make sense? So now, if you gave your heart to Jesus, why not you take the communication card out, fill that out. Just fill the top part out and check, I'm making a first time decision. I just check I wanna be baptized. If you've not been in Next Steps, come on, it's a new year, new way, new time. Week one in Next Steps. You and I are gonna get in my truck. We're gonna drive to where Faith Promise has been and where Faith Promise is going and what God wants to do through you. It's gonna be incredible. Matter of fact, you can, you know, at Pellissippi, it's 615, so you can come back to the next service. On Sunday, it's the last service. you've. You can, whatever service you're at, you can put your kids back in, or sign up and come next week. It's gonna be off the chain. Four-week experience, they're all different. So go ahead and fill the communication cards out. We get ready to move into generosity. You know, one of the things that the scripture says in Luke is that we are gonna give the gospel, the good news to the poor. And we live in the most prosperous nation in the world, and yet there's abject poverty all around us, isn't there? And there are some people that one of our ministries that we sponsor helps people. It's called Hope. Last few weeks, they've done 80 pregnancy tests, 26 ultrasounds, other, other exams for women. And this last year, over 2,000 ladies were served at Hope Resource. Dealing with pregnancies. Women that couldn't afford, couldn't help. We step in, promise served serve there, we give there. It's not the only place, but it's, it's one of the many places. And because of your generosity, we know that we're able to, to support them and other local ministries. We, we wanna make an impact in this region, amen? And we do it because of your generosity. Last year, Michelle and I was our greatest year in our entire marriage and ministry and giving. We give God all the glory. And 2019, is gonna be our best year. We gave our largest gift to Heart for the Harvest this past year, and we're, I'm already praying for the gift for 2019, Heart for the Harvest. So as you give, we put that together as you give to God and God does an incredible work. So this might be your first time in giving. Man, praise God. You may have given for decades, thank you. guest. we don't care about your money. Drop the communication card in that bucket and when the service is over, will go out the center doors and we've got a gift for you. This will be your guests. Come on with us for the greatest journey in the universe. God, as we get, come on, give you some praise. <clears throat> Father, as we get ready to worship you through generosity, through obedience of bringing our tithes and offerings in the storehouse, would you bless it? 2018 was an incredible year of giving, and I pray that 2019, the generosity explodes off the chart. Bless God, the gift and the giver. Bless those women that go to hope. Use us to save babies, to give those, even the unwanted babies, a place to live here. Protect use us, Father, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give him a shout as we get to pray, get to give.